In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Next, ladies and gentlemen, we have three fine young men from Seattle. Here they are. Nirvana! Stop yourself without any words. I got so high, I scratch it up, bled.
we'll agree that we're well qualified to represent the LBC. up folks it's so bad it's good with ryan bailey this is ryan bailey this is your thursday episode oh man you know what sometimes you gotta play you gotta play the alternative rock right i grew up on alternative rock i mean you're like ryan you like all types of music and i do but alternative rock man i was blessed to grow up in a time where you had all of those bands i mean it was like the prime of radiohead smashing pumpkins pearl jam Everybody, which is, and the fact that 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 rock, that alternative rock, is kind of on the back burner now, is frightening to me. You know, because I think I think rock is so. I, this already sounds so cheesy, but I mean, it is so important to me, and I want it to be important to the uh, the kids of America. So if you if you guys have kids, and I know you do, please play them some rock. Sometimes I know the hip hop and the pop music are way more exciting and fun. But you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta put that on. You gotta, ah. Anyways, how's everybody doing? Is everybody good? This is going to be a pretty straightforward episode. We're going to have a guest and that's pretty much it. I was going to do a whole news segment. I figured I'd move that to Friday along with my recap of episode two of Real Housewives of Orange County. I watched it tonight. Damn, I'm loving it, you guys. I hope you'll join me on this journey as I learn to do 
the voices of all these women that kind of look the same, <laughs> except for Shannon Bedore. By the way, do you get this panicked look in Shannon? Do you guys see that where she's like getting panicked, where she's like, oh, shit, this season isn't going to go well for me. <laughs> And by that way, people are like, Heather Dubro is too rich. And I'm like, yes, that is the whole purpose of Heather Dubro. Heather Dubro isn't there to be like a salt of the earth, you know, oh, wow, she's real middle class. No, Heather is there to make people feel bad about themselves, period. And Terry is a whole other entity. But we'll talk about that on Friday, along with a bunch of news stories, because we have to get... We have to get to the bottom of this DJ James Kennedy Raquel stuff. The things that I'm hearing now, the word on the street was this really, it was very surprising to everybody involved. And in fact, Ariana um, from Vanderpump Rules said they were there at Disneyland with DJ James Kennedy and Raquel two days prior to them breaking up on the reunion. So there is a story there, folks. There is a great story. Unfortunately, it is not going to be played out on this season of Vanderpump Rules until the reunion. And my God, I got to tell you, I went to sleep last night and I had nightmares. I had nightmares of Lala Kent shaving down Randall Emmett. She said, I might have brought this up on yesterday. It stayed with me, but she said that she shaves down Randall Emmett's backside because she has to spend time down there. In his buttocks area. It's just not right. And I'm so thankful Lala got out. But the fact that Randall... See this... Okay. I don't... This is going to be a straightforward episode. But I got to say this. I'm not trying to bash myself or other people of my ilk. uh, My gender. But I will say... Every woman that I know, for the most part, is better than me. And I don't mean like funnier or anything like that. But like more hardworking, uh, pure heart, you know, like just better. And I feel that doubly so when it comes to people like Randall or Tristan Thompson. And I'm like, why is any girl ever tripping over dudes like that? You know, like if it was like the Pope or Tom Hanks, or I don't know, like Denzel Washington, maybe trip a little bit. I love that. Those are my examples, but fucking Randall Emmett, Tristan Todd, you're going to trip over that. Those are the people that are going to make you feel low in your life? Man, there should be a... One of my favorite movies is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. And the premise of that is, can you take a pill to erase heartache, to erase your memories? And sometimes you wish that was there. And I know there's beauty in all relationships and things like that. But man, when when people hurt you, people hurt you. You know, I've been hurt. You guys have been hurt. We've all been hurt. I mean, but I just... I. I trip out sometimes going like, man, girls, especially, and I hope I'm not offending the ladies listening, you guys will give your power away so easily. And I hope you realize how much power you have. But you know what I think it is? I think you feel so much in your heart and you lead with that. And that's a beautiful thing sometimes. But who you give it to is just, <laughs> what if I'm, I'm only talking about Randall Emmett, right? Just do not give it to Randall Emmett or Tristan Thompson. Other than that, you're good. Or Kid Rock. I don't know why I just thought of him. I don't know. I think about that a lot. So I watched, I caught up on Reels Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Oh, and by the way, today, you guys, big day, um, the Sex in the City new episode premieres. Um, and that's very exciting. I cannot wait to see what... Uh, 
what they do with it, you know? In fact, I thought it was going to air at 9 p.m. tonight, um, Pacific Standard Time, but I guess it airs at 12 a.m. here, Pacific Standard Time, which is, you know, it, what it is. But uh, that's kind of exciting. I, I want it to be good. I think we need it to be good, right? I want things, like, that's why I'm kind of bummed out that Dexter, I love Dexter on Showtime, and I haven't watched an episode of it, and I hear it's decent. But these things that meant something to us at certain periods of our life, if they come back, you want them to be great. You want them to be heralded and mean something and go, that was really special. That was beyond just making money. You know, you want to believe things are beyond just selling commercial time or, you know, paying a good salary to Sarah Jessica Parker and so on and so forth. So it is yet to be seen, but I am all here for it. <clears throat> There's only been a couple times where I've been extremely disappointed. I was thinking about The Matrix how much those that the first movie especially just blew me away when i was a kid blew me away and we have the new matrix sequel coming out december 25th it's one that airs in the movie theaters and on hbo max same day which is kind of weird because it takes away the magic of movie theaters sometimes but i totally get it they had to make that deal because of covid safety first right but what are the chances that the new matrix movie is amazing you know it's never going to be as special as the first time I love that I can talk to you guys about all of this stuff because pop culture, like I said, is always a, it's like a flat circle. We always come back to the same place. We see the same things repeated again and again and again, whether it be men shooting on women that are celebrities, whether it be movies or sequels or reality shows, it's all in the same bouillabaisse, right? We like all of the same stuff. And I think that's why we're kind of amazing people is that these things are the, not just the soundtracks, but they are, you know, the films of our lives, the TV shows of our lives, all of that stuff. It's just really exciting. And I'm so happy that I'm one of those people that really appreciates this stuff. And I'm so happy you guys are the same way. It's like when you do find your people and you guys are my people. Um, the other thing, is anybody watching on Paramount Plus? Now, I know this is a streaming service that not a lot of people have. But now they are on the second season of The Real, the Real Wor World Homecoming. And it's the Los Angeles season. Now, a lot of people probably didn't watch The Real World. You guys are probably too young. But the first season was in New York, and then they moved it to Los Angeles. And they're on the third episode right now. And it's just weird. It's weird. I, I mentioned this show last week because the Tammy-David fight is burned into my memory. So we're on the third episode of this, and it kind of just impresses you how much people change but how much they don't change at the same time. That, that everybody stays relatively the same, which has this kind of innate sadness to it. Um, and it's really shocking to watch because you remember, I remember when I was a kid watching that show. And the Los Angeles season always kind of affected me in a weird way because I was a kid, but I still realized it was different than New York. It didn't seem like they were friends as much. Los Angeles seemed kind of like spread out. Not everybody was connected. And I feel that way with the real world homecoming about them all coming together again, where it just feels weird, you know, and it reminds me of casting. Casting is number one, whether it be for reality shows, TV or film. Casting means so much because we see it all the time in reality shows like Real Housewives in New York. Like I had Ebony, Ebony K. Williams on yesterday and she was amazing. I know some people might, you know, not love her, but give the interview a shot. 
give the interview a shot because I think we actually talked very openly and honestly about some things. And just frankly, I'm really proud of that interview. Um, but that casting, it didn't work. You know, even in the differences, they didn't kind of fire crack the way that they should have. And you see that with Real World Homecoming is that I think it all boils down to certain group of pe- groups of people are meant to be together and you can learn from them and all of that stuff. But it's like lightning in a bottle, right? It's like Vanderpump Rules in those early seasons. Not everybody's amazing people. Some of them are just dirtbags. But together, it's like a good band. They make something greater than the sum of its parts. And I know I might be talking way too seriously about this, but I believe wholeheartedly in the importance of casting. But the other recurring theme of this show seems to be the passage of time is going faster and faster and faster. And so it's weird to be presented with these shows 20 years later and be kind of shocked that nobody really has changed. We all want to believe that we change so much over time. And we've got to work really hard to change and be the people that we want to be. Because if not, what I'm learning is time just passes and we stay the same. And we're all better than that. You know, we all can be better than that. Okay, I'm enough on my high horse. I'm starting to make myself sick. Today, we have this amazing guest. But I want to give you a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about adult themes here. And I do another trigger warning in the intro. But... I was really, really happy to talk to our next guest. This is a very important topic. I know a lot of people have kids that listen to this. And I watched this show, and it really it really interested me. And I used to watch shows like To Catch a Predator on Dateline, and I had... Um, I thought it was important, but also I was younger, so I thought there was like kind of this weird entertainment value in it of like, LO. But there was a new show on Discovery Plus... Uh, that I was made aware of called Undercover Underage, and I talk a lot about it in the intro, Um, but it is revolving around this lady. Her name is Rue Powell, R-O-O, and she's a woman on a mission to expose the dangers of and prevent online child sex abuse. And the show is really interesting. She has a whole team of people that work uh, with her to kind of help catch these or get enough information about them that they can pass it over to the police and build strong cases against them. And the thing that's different about her is that she looks um, very young for somebody in their 30s who actually has kids herself, but she'll go live with these people to make them trust her, like on Instagram and things like that, and uh, ingratiate herself with them to make them trust her and it is just wild so this series is on discover plus you can stream all of the episodes now uh like i say i think in the interview i don't necessarily recommend streaming it because it's really intense it's an intense show but i think it's an important show um and i think there is entertainment value in it but more importantly it's one of those things that i think you can learn from and and i always appreciate that you guys let me kind of go a little bit out of the box you know of course this has dna and reality shows in a sense but also i think this is important this is something that 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 people are dealing with on the daily basis now and when i grew up i didn't have to deal with the internet pretty much at all you know and that's what kids they deal with all the time i I talk about my niece and nephew ad nauseum and i always worry about this in regards to them so i thought this would be a really interesting thing because i do know the majority of my audience i think a lot of you guys really have you know have kids and and i care about that and and people being safe so 
I was very excited to speak with Rue. So this is a 50-minute interview with her. Halfway through, we have to do commercials. I hate to interrupt the flow, but you guys are uh, you guys know how that works by now. Um, and, and I think that's it. And then Friday, we're going to get back to all the laughs and all the fun and all the stupid voices that I do. But this, I think, is interesting. We talk all about that. And I know, especially right now, the, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial with Jeffrey Epstein, the involvement is, is going right now. We don't really see a lot of mainstream coverage about that. And we talk about Jeffrey Epstein a little bit towards the end. And that's one of the big cases, you know, and it's barely getting any kind of press. But, you know, that's a big case. We have to worry about the guys next door, uh, uh, you know, about uh, protecting our neighborhoods and things like that. And I think she speaks a lot to that. So I found that element of that fascinating, too. And I don't know if any of you guys are following the Josh Duggar story, which is just disgusting, the more information that comes out. It, it truly is a sickness. Um, but uh, anyways, I understand that this might not be the funniest interview, even though she is kind of an amazing person. And we do uh, have some laughs in here because, you know, she still is a person. and She has kids herself. Uh, but I think you'll you'll really... You'll really enjoy getting to know her. And and please, if you like this, give her show a shot. Like I said, it's on Discovery+. Plus. I talk a lot about it in the intro again. And that's it. And I will talk to you guys on Friday. Uh, thank you so much. We've had a great week so far in terms of guests. I've been really proud of this week for the most part. Uh, I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye, guys. Uh, welcome back to iHeartRadio, So Bad It's Good. Today, we have such an interesting guest that I am really fascinated with, and I feel very lucky to be able to speak to this person. Uh, just really quick, we're going to be talking about adult matters today, so I do want to give a trigger warning uh, right off the bat, but I think this is going to be so uh, helpful and interesting, and I watched the first four episodes of a new docu-series on Discovery+, Plus, and I want to kind of tell you what this is about before we get into this. So the, the description is, every day, countless adults use the internet with insidious intentions to groom, sexually exploit, and abuse children online. With the ability to remain anonymous and virtually untraceable, many of these perpetrators manage to slip under the radar or evade detection entirely, leaving unsuspecting children vulnerable to the abuse that lies just beyond their screens. Through her nonprofit organization, SOSA, which stands for Safe from online sex abuse, child advocate Rue Powell has built a team that works in collaboration with law enforcement to detect offenders who prey on unsuspecting kids. Undercover Underage on Discovery Plus follows the team in real time as they transform Rue, a 38-year-old mother of three, into a teen persona and work to reveal the true identities of the men who reach out to her. It's a race against time to identify the suspects before they discover Rue herself is not who she claims to be. This new six-part docuseries will give insight into how Sosa works to successfully track down some of the internet's most dangerous child predators. You guys, four episodes are out right now. I believe the fifth, they, they drop on Tuesday. It's six-part, but we are so lucky to have today the, the head of this whole thing, Ru Powell. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I have so many questions. I mean, first off, are you okay? Like this, it is so, I mean, what you deal in is some of the most depraved, intense. I mean, by the way, this, this show is entirely watchable, you guys. Uh, it'll have you on the edge of your seats, but how are you? How do you deal with this? Um, I wish I had a better answer for this. And <laughs> when I'm being really flippant, I just say, not great. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. It's pretty bad. Um, you know, uh, when we do these, we call them sprints. So at SOSA, you know, we're this nonprofit and what undercover underage 
shows is the exciting part of the nonprofit, right? It's when we go undercover online to identify perpetrators. We take breaks from that. And I speak with high school students and I speak with middle school students and I talk with legislators and we work with big tech. So there's other stuff that we do as well. So I am able to take breaks. I cannot be a decoy 365 days out of the year. I would not be able to do that. I don't know that anyone can. Um, so I do, I do take breaks. I have a therapist that I try to see weekly. Um, I At night, I will <laughs> turn on planet Earth, but I'll mute it, even though I love, you know, yeah, the narration yeah, yeah. is all. But I mute it, and then I queue up a Spotify playlist that I have. So it's my own music to, like, the beautiful whales and the scenery, and then I just lie there. And I, you know, it helps me remember that I'm just a small, little, insignificant speck in a great big world. And that that gives me perspective, too. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what it has to be is just about perspective and keeping your head above water in this kind of sea of insanity and just pure, I mean, pure fear. I mean, I, I in the first episode, you point out and this is this thought has just stayed with me since last week when I was watching it for the first time was that, you know, our children can be upstairs in their bedrooms talking with people from thousands of miles away in different states, online perpetrators that they don't even know are online perpetrators at the time. And I don't have kids yet. And this almost made me thankful because I have such a big listenership that has children and have teenagers. I, I mean, that that thought alone just put the fear of God in me. I yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up with a smartphone in my hand. You didn't grow up with a smartphone in your hand. So when our parents were concerned about us, it was limited to the people in the community. It was yeah. limited to who was going to snag us as we were at the 7-Eleven getting a soda, or was our coach a weirdo? It wasn't, did, did all of these millions of people have access to my kids through their phone? And I think that's what this is. It's more than just the neighbor, more than just the guy down the street, more than just whoever is in our community. It's also who is online, who is out there in a state, you know, across the country that could have bad intentions that is perhaps reaching out to my kid. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, and by the way, you are, like it says in the description, a 38 year old woman of three kids. And I just want to really impress upon what they do in the show. You guys is that she literally creates personas with names, different hairstyles. And she has a whole team of people that, that work out of this one location. So it is intense where she'll go live with somebody with a, with a perpetrator online in a wig, a different voice, and you really pull it off. But how many years did it take for you to like, I mean, this is, the ultimate I, I used to teach acting and this is an ultimate acting exercise where I was like oh my you have different closets for different characters almost yeah I mean we really set dress those rooms and honestly I think you know I don't have acting experience I haven't been doing this for a ton of years um, a lot of it is I think the context right so it's not just I am it's not just the hair and the makeup it's also the hair and the makeup and the glasses and the context of a girl's bedroom and the fact that we've already communicated a little bit and they're already expecting a teenager. And, you know, for the most part, they're concerned that someone's actually a cop or yeah. a bot, right? They're not expecting, they're not expecting a woman really. Um, so I think that, you know, when it comes to the communication, I don't really have a choice 
but to pretend like I'm 15 or 14 or 13 or wherever my decoy is at the time, because there's so much, there's so much at risk, right? I can't, we can't, there's no room for a margin of error because if I screw up, that guy's in the wind. And then what next? He goes on to an actual kid. Yeah. I mean, even in the show, you'll, you'll have where you you've lost contact, I believe it with his, a gentleman named Kevin at one point, you know, and like, there's these kind of uh, recurring or these threads of stories that, you know, you, you, it, 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 this is such important work that it must be kind of just disheartening if you lose a thread, but you're having to deal with six other uh, gentlemen at the same time. How many people will you handle at, at once or Sosa handle at once? Well, uh, it, it is incredibly difficult because we have, you know, you see on the show, there's essentially a core team of five of us. Yeah. But then we also have admin support and they're kind of fielding messages as they're coming in and they will flag when someone, you know, when someone seems like obviously they're committing a crime or they're breaking the law in some way. And then when it comes to me, it's like I'm, I'm communicating. It's my photos. It's my voice or it's we're video chatting. There are times where the influx of perpetrators, it's it's so high that we have to shut down certain decoys because we just don't have the people power to keep up with it. There are just too many coming in, especially if it's like a Saturday night and there's just a lot of messages coming in and we do not have enough people to cover all of this. So we'll just shut a couple down for a couple weeks just because we don't have, we're unable to, we have to focus on one persona, one decoy, um, especially if a couple of them are, are, are really scary, you know, we, yeah. if they're of, um, if they're of great concern. I mean, that's the thing is that we watch you go through like seeing these images or dealing with these men and we watch you go through that in supposed real time. And it really is kind of one of those painful things to watch. But once again, it's really compelling TV. Was there some part of you that were uh, trepidatious about bringing this to um, a, a docuseries format to begin with? Yeah. Yes. I mean, this was not part of the plan, the plan yeah. right? That was not the goal at all. And I was really hesitant. I was hemming and hawing. And I was talking with the owner of this production company that pitched this idea to me, who said, you have such an important message and you're trying to spread awareness. Imagine reaching millions of people. You could tell millions of people what's going on online. <clears throat> and the idea of being able to really let people know, because I, I genuinely think a lot of people don't know how devious it is or how terrible it is. Or I think people watch the show and they're genuinely shocked. I think that raising awareness is step one in combating online sex abuse and predation. And it's definitely more than just identifying one perpetrator at a time. Um, you know, in the first episode, do you see two? In the second episode, do you see, you know, it's more than just that. How we're going to really beat this is a, a group effort, right? It's a societal effort. And that starts with awareness. So, you know, I, um, I, I was certainly trepidatious as for, at first, especially because, you know, internet comments aren't necessarily kind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, and this is something so real. So to have it up to, to put it out there, something that's so real and so powerful, like I'm used to people being catty about like real housewives and things like that, but I right. can't imagine with this is such a real issue and problem out there. Oh God. And I'm so sensitive too. It's, <laughs> it's the worst. Um, yeah. So it's really, it's, it's, it's already a vulnerable situation, right? It's already just kind of a vulnerable experience. And then allowing people to 
look at that, you know, watch, watch it, um, definitely makes things definitely amplifies how vulnerable it is, but I do think it's important. And so when you weigh the pros and cons, the pros of allowing all these people to understand what's happening, that wins out. Um, am I allowed to ask? I, I kept wondering the big like, why? Why are you doing all of this? What, what? I mean, what was what was the fulcrum that like led to this this really important work? And I kept asking myself every episode of like, why are you putting yourself through this uh, on a daily basis? Yeah, I do get asked that question, and I wish I had a cool like. I got bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> we can um, make it up. We can just say that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I, and. And I don't, you know, here's what it comes down to. I am aware of what happens online. So prior to this, you know, I was running creative for a tech company that was in the child safety space. Prior to that, I was a longtime writer, wrote about child advocacy a lot, wrote about sex trafficking, wrote about um, the refugee crisis, wrote about poverty. um, And all of those things are important to me. And child safety is important to me. Why? I mean, I know what it's like. You know, I'm an immigrant. Um, my mom's side of the family is from Asia. I know what it's like to be a kid who gets hurt and feels like they have no one to go to, um, or feels like they're part of a society or um, a culture where you just kind of defer, or you're supposed to be quiet, or you swallow your feelings. And when I look at online sex abuse and how insidious it is, I believe that silencing victims is what keeps perpetrators safe. And I think that the idea that kids are dealing with this and parents don't quite get what's happening online because it's just such a new thing for them. The idea that kids are dealing with this silently and quietly and they just don't have someone to talk to that's probably what keeps me going because I think that every kid needs a soft place to land and every kid deserves to have someone in their corner. So last year I did a series of TikToks because that's where the young people are. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, you've even had to get into TikTok. Wow. Yeah. I did a series of TikToks on um, online sex abuse because, you know, it, it happens online and I wanted to talk to some young people about it. And I really talked about victim blaming and how abuse is never a victim's fault. And a lot of times you'll see where we t- I talk about sex abuse and someone will say, well, you got to see what these girls are posting on Instagram. They're posting photos of themselves in their swimsuit. Like, yeah, so do I. Who cares? Like, it's not the point, you know? Um, and the idea that it's like the, it's like the 2021 digital version of what was she wearing? Yeah. Victim blaming. So, yeah. Right. So when I talk to, um, when I, when I made these videos, I definitely said, like, if you've ever been abused, it's not your fault. The amount of young people who reached out to me was, I was stunned. Um, just so many stories in my inbox. So many people that said, I definitely could have used this when I was 12. I wish someone told this to me when I was 14. Like, I didn't think it was real because nobody ever put their hands on me. Um, and then I kept getting the same request and I still get it now. I got it yesterday where someone posts in my TikTok and they say, will you please do a POV video, like a point of view video, do a POV as a mom telling me it wasn't my fault because they want to just be able to watch a video and have someone say to them, like pretend to be their mom and say it wasn't their fault. 
Or can you do a POV as a mom and say, it wasn't my fault and it doesn't matter what I was wearing that night? And so these are the things, like the fact that there are kids out there that feel like they can't tell anyone or they're not getting the support they need. That's the radioactive spider, you know? I mean, that really is such a, uh, you know, and it's like, I, uh, I'm a grown man now. And you would, I, I sometimes have this kind of fallacy in my head of like, well, everybody should know it's not there. You know, everybody knows it's not their fault. Everybody, but you forget what it's like when you're a young person and you're wanting to talk to somebody and you're wanting to be loved. There's all of these factors that you forget that people go through. And I have a niece and nephew. My, my uh, niece is 12 years old now. And I just, they have not been able to have Instagram or anything like that yet. And I fear for the day, not only because of like the poor, uh, you know, like the Kardashians pushing images and stuff like that, but this other side of it where you just pray to God that they, by some grace of God, that they're, 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 they're meeting the right people instead of the wrong people because it's so prevalent. I mean, so Chanel Miller, who, um, you know, she was part Stanford, of, right? she wrote, the, yes, yeah. no, my name, I mean, she was really, I mean, violently assaulted. And the response was, but she was drinking. Well, she was drinking and she was already sexually active. And, you know, and it's just all of these things, like victim blaming is not a new phenomenon and it happens to kids. It happens to kids all the time. Um, it happens to young girls all the time. And and I, I don't, I totally get why people don't report. I totally get why girls don't report. I totally get why young people don't report. And so the fact that all of these kids are just like, I don't know, it was my fault. I'm going to get blamed because I went on that website or I went on that app or I did engage in that conversation or I did send a photo. You know, that's why, you know, <laughs> Sosa, we hand out these stickers to kids so they can put them on their like hydro flasks and water bottles. But it just says stop victim blaming. And it's really the message that we want to get across. And I think if we can spread that message, if nothing else, so a kid can feel like, Right. That happened to me because that guy broke the law. That guy was manipulative. I'm the kid. That's the adult. I, I, mean, I would love for that to happen. I, I just, I, and, and it just seems like you said, like when we grew up, we didn't have a smartphone attached to our hands and now everybody right. has one and you're only, you know, my, my nephew, all he wants to do is be on the computer. All he wants to do. And he'll tell me like adults sure. will talk to him on Roblox, which is like a game for like children or something. And you're like, Oh my God. Gosh, that's it's something I never had to think about. But what do you what are the tips for young parents on what what to watch out for with with their kids? Like what what do we are there signs that you know that we that you know kind of warning signs? Well, I am gonna break your heart right now, and I'm very, no. very sorry. But a lot of people think that first of all, that grooming happens over a period of months, and that you'll say, Oh. I'll know if something's up with my kid because I know my kid. And if they're acting weird, I'll be able to intervene. But you can see on the show that sometimes grooming happens over the course of minutes, hours, a day, and not necessarily much longer. I mean, these people are manipulative and practiced. That's first of all. Second of all, people think that because their kid isn't on Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat or, you know, the big players, that their kid is safe. But any app, any game, any platform where there's a chat function, there's the opportunity for abuse. I've been messaged on words with friends. Um, I've been messaged on, I mean, wow. it happens on, it happens on coloring book apps. It happens on little kid games. It happens on big kid games. It happens on um, makeup apps. 
You could, any app, any app where you can message someone, you could say, hey, great job on that triple word score, and then also say something abusive. So I just don't want parents to have this false sense of security because, oh, my kid only does like this drawing app or this cool like Pictionary game. And my kids play those games where you like draw pictures and like you're guessing and it seems super benign. And then in the corner, you see all these messages fly up and someone goes, hey, you want to just give me your Instagram account handle? And then I can like, I'll totally show you photos of my puppies or we could totally message there. And you could, you see it. You, I see it happening. I see it happening all the time. And a lot of these companies that have these coloring book apps, they recognize that there's an issue. And so they have trust and safety teams now and they're trying to implement, they're trying to implement safety uh, guidelines because they have a responsibility to their user base. So unfortunately, I can't say to parents, just don't have XYZ app and you'll be fine. And I can't say, just look for your kid doing XYZ and you'll be fine. It's not as simple as that. Um, What I do say to parents is talk to your kids really openly and honestly about online safety. So when I talk to my kids about online safety, I liken it to the sex talk. I don't have the sex talk and the puberty talk with them just once. I have it a lot. We talk about it a lot because it's important. And we talk about online safety a lot and autonomy and because that's important. And the best thing that I can do for my kids is to teach them when something doesn't feel right and something feels off. Like, oh, that doesn't feel, that's weird. Like my gut's telling me something's off. And then know that they can come to mom and say, hey, something weird just happened. And then they feel like they can come to me and I am going to help them. And I am going to be in their corner. Having that support in that line of communication and teaching them to kind of trust their gut. I think that's the best way. That's the best way to help keep your kids safe. Because it's not realistic to just lock your kids in the room for the rest of their lives without any kind of access to anything, you know? I, you know, um, I had, so I'll do one-on-ones with uh, kids or I'll do one-on-ones, like parents will message me and say, hey, my kid got into this thing. Can you talk to them? And I'm not a therapist, but I, I, I like it because I'm able to say, hey, I do this online and here are some things that we see. And also it wasn't your fault, but these guys do this all the time. So let me tell you what happened. And I had this cute little, <laughs> this nine-year-old and 10-year-old. They don't have computers. They don't have a cell phone. They don't have internet access. They have nothing but they went over to a friend's house and the friend went on a website and all of a sudden this video chat pops up and this man on the other end is watching them and he is self gratifying yeah. to some young kids. They didn't know what was happening. You know, they went home and they told their mom and they were, so I had, I had this conversation with them. She's like, they've never even owned a phone. Like we don't even let them have access to an iPad. So there's, even if your kids don't have access to it, they still need to know about it, you know? Yeah. And, and I, life, life's going to happen no matter what. So it's the best to prepare your kids for actual life than just, like I said, locking them away, which is just not realistic at all. Um, unless you're willing to be Amish. If you're willing yeah. to be Amish. <laughs> By the way, that should be a spinoff of your show is like just uh, <laughs> you raising an Amish uh, uh, family. Um, are you... Uh, when you put together this show, what was the, obviously to get the message out, but was there points that you wanted to hit and did you find that you hit them successfully this season? And would you do another season? Um, I, I feel like, well, here's one point that I wish I could have said more. And I, I feel like I said it almost ad nauseum. Um, but, you know, you just see me that I'm a woman and I'm playing these roles as, as uh, teenage girls. 
But online sex abuse and exploitation happens to kids regardless of gender, regardless of gender identity, regardless of sexual orientation. So parents of heterosexual teen boys also have to be careful because there's a lot that happens online. They get targeted too. That's one thing that I wish that I could have driven home more. And the reason why uh, there's no teen boy decoy is because I'm a woman and I cannot effectively play a teen boy. <laughs> yeah. That um, uh, or, or maybe I can't. I don't know. Um, we can use some digital tricks. But um, so sorry there were there, there were two parts to that question well it was just it was it was there something that you had wanted to get across uh and did, were you happy with how hmm. the show portrayed it and would you do another season sure um i think i a lot of this stuff is so insidious that i don't think like i could tell people what happens online and i think they can kind of get it at a high level but until they see until I, a lot of people, until they watched the episode, they didn't quite get what I did. Like people that are close to me, you know, friends of mine, they watched the first couple episodes and they just called me and go, I, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was like this. And so where I've been lacking and being able to really demonstrate what it's like, I think the show has been able to, the show has been able to share, the show has been able to educate in that way. That, that has been good. I think that's been important. It was originally going to be TVMA. We we changed it to TV14 and we cut a lot of the stuff out because we want teenagers to be able to watch it. So TVMA, uh, you guys, is mature audiences, obviously, and then 14. So you had a, it was even a darker cut of this show. Yeah, I mean, the, so episode one and two, Kevin, you know, we shows you the cozier side of him, unfortunately. Um, and, and, and that's, we we had to do that. I mean, the stuff that happened, um, everyone was at least, you know, 30% worse than what you saw because we had to kind of sanitize it for, for, um, public viewing. Yeah. Would I do a season two? Yeah. I would. I would. Yeah. I would because, um, I think there are more stories to be told. I think there are, um, there's a way to continue to raise awareness and um, I think that people really seem to like the docuseries. And if they like it, then they'll tell people, tell people about it. And then those people will watch it and they'll understand. Um, you know, we have people that are as young as, like, I have, I have 19 year olds messaging me saying that they're watching it. And then I also have their grandparents messaging me and saying that they're watching it. So that feels good knowing that we're educating uh a large, a large demographic, yeah. right? And so I hope that continues to to be the case. Now, I would like to see every state adopt a grooming statute. I would like to see every state raise the age of consent from 16 to 18. If 18 is the arbitrary age that we declare someone to be an adult, then 18 should also be the age where we say uh, someone can start dating a 75-year-old, right? Like that's, that would be my goal. And so I think the more that people see this happen, um, the more that all of us can put pressure on or inspire laws to change and companies to make their platform safer for kids. That's, you know, yeah. 
I mean, the yeah, face, yeah. I mean, that is, that's what I kept thinking too, especially these last couple of years of how much misinformation is spread online. Uh, we've had so many things about Facebook and all of this stuff is that also, you know, these companies and these people that have these apps and all that stuff, there is this personal responsibility that I hope there can be stronger laws uh, adapted to really confront this issue because it really seems to be, they're a huge part of this. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We will be back in just a second with the remainder of the show, but we, as we always do, have to get through some commercials right now. And I'm very proud of every uh, product or any company that sponsors this show. And we got three great ones today. So our first one is StoryWorth. Now, StoryWorth, this is a really, really cool product that I, uh, even before they sponsored the show, I got this for my mom a year and a half ago. And we still talk about this. She was actually bragging about it today. So this holiday season, um, you want to give gifts to loved ones that make them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that me and you guys share. So that's why uh, I gave everyone that I care about StoryWorth in my family. So StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It's a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter the most. So every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Uh, each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask, like, you know, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? Uh, for my mom, I wanted to ask all questions about her growing up. My thought with my mom was, I want to know the story of Becky Bailey's youth. Um, and I wanted to share that with my niece and nephew and my sister. And so each week, it would email her these questions. And she got to think about it and then write something down, put a picture with it. Uh, it's it's kind of really amazing. So after one year, StoryWorth will compile all your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book 
that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. And I really, really do mean that. We got one book that is all colored photos. She bought a couple books that are just black and white. I just got a black and white one, but I still think it's really cool. And it's beautiful. It's like this hardcover bound. It has my mom's picture from when she was a kid on the cover. Uh, and it's, I can't, I can't, it just really is one of the coolest gifts that I've ever given my mom. And she loved it so much. Um, reading the weekly stories help connect you with loved ones, no matter how near or far apart you are. Um, with StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and story stories for years to come. So go to storyworth.com slash so bad and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash so bad to save $10 on your first purchase. And I'm telling you, Becky Bailey loved this the most. So this is my mom approved. This made me look like such a badass at Christmas. I swear to I it was I really felt like I did something right for once in my life. Uh, our next uh, sponsor is a new one. It's Ritual. So you guys know, as always, I have been uh, trying to fight to stay healthy this whole year. I started off the year having COVID. Stuck. That really stunk. I also uh, got strep throat at a certain point. And finally, um, I'm like, you have got to... You got to get healthy. 2022 has got to be about my health. And I think this next company can really help. So gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. And 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. So Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual didn't stop there. They invested in a gold-standard, university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. Now, of course, I'm not a woman, but they do have men's vitamins and I have been taking those. And you guys, I am jacked right now. I have so much energy. I actually feel really good. And I like things like this and companies like this that you can trust because it takes so much to get out there and now work out every day and to eat right. And I feel like you need things like this where you can actually take a pill from a company you trust and it's going to help you and provide you with nutrients and things to keep you going, to keep energized, to keep feeling young, looking young, all of this stuff. Um, right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com, that's R-I-T-U-A-L.com forward slash so bad and turn healthy habits into a ritual. Oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> that's 10% off at ritual.com forward slash so bad. Um, that's a new one. I'm very excited. I am taking the men's vitamin. So if you guys do this, please, please, please let me know how you feel taking this. So uh, our final one is, uh, they were last week as well, is Wondery. We, of course, know the podcast company Wondery. Amazing. Um, their new show, I think you guys will find particular interest because of what it is about, which is kind of about reality shows. So in the early 2000s, millions of households across the world tuned in to watch contestants battle for the last 
Rose or to be the final survivor on the island. Reality TV was beginning to dominate the airwaves, and every show needed to be bigger, flashier, and more scandalous than the last. But in the case of one infamous dating show, the real drama was happening off-screen, and it would shape the future of reality TV. The reality TV series There's Something About Miriam seemed like a pretty standard dating competition. Six young men vied for the affection of Miriam Rivera, a beautiful model from Mexico. But when Miriam revealed that she was a trans woman during the show's finale, the on-screen drama sparked an international uproar about gender, sexuality, and whether reality television had finally gone too far. Wondery's new podcast miniseries, Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera, reveals what happened behind the scenes of this infamous TV show and how a multi-million dollar lawsuit and media fallout impacted impacted the lives of Miriam and the contestants and changed the rules of reality television forever. Uh, You guys, we always talk about this in this show. We appreciate where we are with reality TV today, but we need to go back and there's a rich history of how these shows came to be and all of these untold stories of behind the scenes. I think these shows are so amazing, but know what's even better are the stories behind the scenes with the actual crew, with the production, all of these things. We see it all the time or want to see it all the time with Bravo, but this is those stories or this is the story for this occasion. So follow Harsh Reality, the story of Miriam Rivera on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery, plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Uh, You guys, those were the commercials for this week, and now... Back for the remaining portion of the show. Yeah, so actually, this is um, a cool thing that Sosa does that, you know, doesn't really um, make the docuseries because it's not as exciting. But I, I think it's exciting. We partner with a tech company that trains artificial intelligence. And their clients include all of these social media apps, right? So, like, all the social media apps that we all use and the gaming apps and the coloring book apps. I take our conversations with predators. We strip out all the identifying information. We identify all the patterns of grooming. We take that and, and, you know, we clean it up and we give it to their data science team so they can teach the artificial intelligence. They can teach their machines to better detect signs of sex abuse and exploitation. And now those companies are using it because they know that they have a responsibility to their users. So everything that we're, that we're, all the conversations we're having, even if there was no show, even if there were no arrests, being able to train, being able to train a machine to detect for signs of sex abuse, I think is a big, is a big deal. And we're, I, I'm really happy about that part of the work too. I love that. That's really like, I mean, I feel like this is that the whole thing is like, how do you have hope still when the, all of this negativity and all of this darkness is out there? Hearing that kind of gives me this shred of hope, you know, and I think that's what you need in fighting things like this. Um, The other thing, I mean, this just brings up so many questions while watching it is, you know, doing this as successfully as you do it and talking with these perpetrators uh, as much as you do, do you have to put yourself in their mindset to really determine which way you're going to go with each person? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I really have to consider what kind of person I think they are and where they're going to drive the, the conversation and what kind of strategy I need to use. So if somebody is super narcissistic or the jealous type, 
then maybe I talk about a boy at school. You know what I mean? Yeah, you uh, did the one where you said you were you were uh, you were dating a guy, um, and and he didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, and and that was and that was effective. Or and and there are times that we you know we really kind of do have to assess um, because these people are honestly all walks of life, and sometimes they're you know um, you know sixty five year old men, and sometimes they're you know. 30 year olds with white collar jobs. Sometimes they're teachers. Sometimes, you know, it's just, they're all walks of life. So it's really something that we kind of have to assess individually. Um, and then kind of go from there. You know, it's, it's strange because we're both playing each other at the same time. So it's this very odd dance. You yeah. Know? It's this weird chess game that like, and we, you know, it's, it's interesting as a viewer to watch that because we know, who you are and we know who they are. So we can see them trying to play the little girl, like play the girl, you know, we can see them trying to convince the girl that, you know, this is totally fine. And, and what's, what's crazy is cause you guys, uh, you, you guys manipulate their voices and that makes it even scarier. Cause then you hear yeah. these guys laugh in a manipulated voice and it's already scary. And then they just like, sometimes will get an awkward laugh and it just, will just send shivers through your spine. Um, I mean, manipulate, you manipulate it not for the sake of drama, obviously, but like for the sake of, you know, uh, covering their identity. But I will say those weird laughs, I mean, and the fact that I had to just kind of stone face it, those those laughs are definitely unnerving. Those are the ones that I I dream about at night. Those I mean, I real I I haven't I've thought about it this weekend. It really stuck stuck with me. Um, uh, you know, I I I have come from like an acting background, and I always think about auditions. And sometimes I'll say the wrong thing. I'll break mid sentence because I'm in my head. Do you have you ever broken at a real inopportune time? I kept thinking, like, were you, uh, you know, was there ever a time where you dropped character, unfortunately, at the wrong moment and, and somebody was on to you? Um, I have dropped character intentionally, and you will see that in an upcoming episode. Um, that was that was with purpose. Um, I have maybe dropped character like inadvertently like i broke it inadvertently but i swing back into it and they hadn't noticed i've not had someone say okay you're obviously an adult or something's not right here and i'm gonna hang up now um i've been really fortunate in that regard we haven't we have not i've not had that yet at all um which has been really which has been really good actually i, I feel really fortunate um they've been able to buy it and i mean I have so much back sweat at the end of each call. <laughs> That's right. Cause guys, she's in a bed, like in a dark room where it's like, looks like the girl's room. And she really goes through these situations. And, you know, sometimes there's a, another person just right to the right of her watching her do all of these things. And it really, I mean, it just, to me, it's such a high pressure situation that I, that's why I'm saying like your nerves must just be shot. Yes. To the point where I had to say, you know, I had to put some bright line rules in place. Like one of these calls can't be the last thing that I do for the night. Otherwise I'm too wired and I won't sleep for another four hours, you know? Um, and, and that was a rule that I kind of had to make for myself. Like, unless I was willing to not sleep for a bit, I can't take a call that late because it's nerve wracking and it's intense. And there are times where something really awful is happening on the screen and I have to watch and not only do I have to watch, I have to pretend like I'm enjoying it um, when honestly I, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's your, but it, you do it so effectively. And when did you know? I mean, like, I have to imagine like other people could not 
portray, like you're able to really successfully portray, you have the voice. I mean, obviously you get made up and you have a team and you guys, what's really fascinating. They have a person on the team that just digitally retouches photos, does the whole social media aspect. And we talk about that all the time on this show about, uh, you know, people using Facetune and stuff like that, but in a like, oh, why are these adults doing this? You use it, I think, the most effective way to actually solve, um, you know, you know, to, to 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 bust perpetrators. It's really interesting. Like, how important is the team of people around you? I mean, you're putting yourself in that position, but how important is the team? I mean, there. Uh... The team is so important to me, uh, not only because of their skill set, but also just the emotional support, just having having people there that care and get it. Um, you know, we've got someone that does the is the visuals lead, someone that, you know, will do a lot of the social media, someone who does the story developing, you know, so and so is 14 and is an Aquarius and loves horses, whatever. And then someone else that kind of heads up research and having that helps and then we do have a support team too because we do a lot of evidence gathering and you know it all it's all really labor intensive um and a lot of that is super boring so it doesn't make the show but um yeah there's a lot to it for sure i mean super boring but it, it, i mean to me that is a part of the like almost like pitch meetings where they do in like tv shows where like are you seeing like we have this gentleman this this i mean how do you choose which person would actually make the show or how do you choose the people that you go after well the, the point oh you, you mean perpetrators yeah perpetrators yes oh, oh, oh. um <laughs> there are some people that didn't that definitely didn't make the docuseries that i'm disappointed about because they were either really interesting or really horrifying or they had some sort of tactic that i thought would be really interesting to share there were just a lot and we kind of had to, you know, cut, cut it down. Um, we triage like an ER does, you know, and it's okay. This guy is saying this stuff. This guy is doing this. Oh, but this guy is X, Y, Z top of the list. And that's essentially how we do it. Whoever seems the most, whoever's crime seemed the most egregious or whoever seems the most into breaking the law and being very unapologetic about it. Or in some cases, we've had people like really be open about breaking the law before or kind of being a serial predator. In those cases, we definitely prioritize those. You make the point in a voiceover during one of the episodes where you bring up that these gentlemen, or you were talking about one gentleman in particular, they had a choice, you know, they had a choice. They could have gone to somebody and saying, I'm having these thoughts about trying to meet up with a minor. There is a choice involved and these people are choosing the wrong choice, um, you know. Is it, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on rehab in terms of these perpetrators? Okay, this is, here is my hope, one of my hopes for the show. One of my hopes for the docuseries is that someone, some people will watch it and say, wow, I definitely recognize my, in myself the inclination to want to harm a child or want to download CSAM, child sex abuse material, or that I have this thing that's inside me that wants to do X, Y, Z. But... I don't want to do that. So I'm going to seek help now. I would love to see paths to rehabilitation before they ever become perpetrators, before the law is ever broken. Um, and, and I'm not necessarily looking for a virtuous reason. Like maybe they think, oh, I don't want to harm a child. That's great. But even if it's just, I don't want to go to jail. I'm fine with that too. I do think that sometimes it's difficult because 
this is such like this is a crime this is a crime that is un- unforgivable in society's mind right like these are the people that end up having to be in a different section of prison and so i can imagine being in their shoes and being reticent to reach out to someone because is this person a mandated report- reporter how do i get help without it being punitive how do i get help without being penalized so what i would like to see are paths to rehabilitation now before they ever like how do they get help now yeah what kind of outreach can we do now before before a kid is hurt before a law is broken before they end up you know go before they end up getting arrested um i have been called a pedophile sympathizer for saying that but if we're going to look at sex abuse online sex abuse as an issue and we want to treat it and we want to fix it we have to look at that holistically and it's not just you know, you know, enlisting law enforcement, and it's not just laws, it's also, how do we stop them before they start? Can they, how do we help them get help? The people that want it, right? Um, What path is there for them? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, I mean, and, and so there's no like, in terms of ACMs, which you guys talk about adults contacting minors, is there a blueprint, but they come from all walks of life. It's not just a certain like ACMs are, can it be anybody or is it always usually kind of a very thin, like it's this kind of person, this kind of person, this kind of person. There are, you know, we like to think of the bad guy as someone that we see on NCIS who is like a monster yeah. and he's a troll under a bridge and he lives in his basement and is super creepy. And if you saw him at the store, you would go into the other aisle because we're scared of him. But A lot of these ACMs are people that go to their nine to five white collar jobs. They come home, they kiss their wives. Hello. Uh, They have dinner with their families. They help their kids with homework. They tuck their kids in bed and then they go online and look for a kid to abuse. It is not just the troll under the bridge. It's the guy that does your taxes. It's the guy next door. It's, the guy that does carpool, like it's, it's, it's anyone, it's anyone. And that maybe sounds um, alarmist, but you know, it's been parents. I've seen parents. We've seen, you know, my, there have been ACMs who have sent my decoys pictures of their toddlers, picture, pictures of their children as though to say, I'm safe. I'm a dad. Look at my cute little kid. Maybe you could babysit them. Sometime. Well, in episode one, I believe there's a gentleman that has a child uh, that that I think he has in the the first episode. I believe, you know, I, I mean it, that it was like a little shocking moment where you're just like, my God! But they're real people. Yes, I mean uh, they are, and sometimes they're you know you see in episode three, there's a teacher. You know, you see that there's people that work with kids. You see that there's people in that are like revered community members, and so I think that's the issue. It's not. Someone that you look at and immediately go, that's a bad guy. It's not. It's the guy that, you know, you uh, <laughs> you greet in the elevator <laughs> at work, you know, and that's and I think that's the part that people find the most disconcerting. We live in such an interesting age right now in terms of pop culture. Um, these things almost become like pop culture stories, whether it be Jeffrey Epstein, which, you know, brought so much attention to this. Is it the type of attention that somebody like you and what you do wants? Or is it like it's all highlighted on this one dude? And, you know, like I want to say, or does it bring just light to the subject matter as a whole? Um, I think the issue is, I, I think, I think 
any sort of any sort of education around this is great. I do think that people are maybe like when people think about Jeffrey Epstein, they think, oh, it's this, you know, it's sex trafficking and it's this very specific scenario. And they don't realize that it's also just an Instagram DM. Or when an article goes out about this, or, you know, someone comments that I'm probably, you know, it's it has to do with like the people that I'm communicating with are, I don't know, elite politicians who are interested in XYZ. Like they go to the most fantastical uh, extreme when yes. it's not that. It's that guy right there, two blocks down. And, and I think that people think like it almost makes it to be a, it almost, it almost, <laughs> creates it as like a fairy tale. Yeah, it's like like there's this underground cabal of people. Like it's like this, you know, when it's like, you've got to do this case by case, you know? It's a little bit, it turns a little bit like conspiracy theorist where it's exactly. like, oh, Illuminati. Oh, you know. QAnon. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. As opposed to, I mean, and I, I see a lot of like, I see a lot of pearl clutching about that as, as it should be. But what about the real stuff that's also really, really happening day to day? Yeah, and that, and what you actually are dealing with right now, which uh, I just think is so um, uh, so great. But but I uh, as we start wrapping up here, um, the thing with uh, I kept thinking of like I grew up on To Catch a Predator on NBC on Dateline, you know, and it was like, oh, I'm gonna get you some sweet tea, and then you know the gentleman would walk in and not so fast, sir. And there there started to be uh, I would really look forward to that show, which was kind of disturbing in its own way to think about. But there was also like this weird comedic element to it, which I, in later years, kind of like, ah, I don't know. But that's why I, I really appreciated your show is that the gravity of this is really highlighted. Uh, there's not a lot of like, there, there's not joking in this show. This is a very serious subject matter, matter as it is. I, I, I think it would almost be weird if there was like big laugh moments, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think so. Part of it too is, you know, there's that whole like, well, why don't you take a seat? Like that whole that whole element. And uh, I think that what you see in Undercover Underage is that we are communicating with a lot of the perpetrators that are more sophisticated in nature, that have a lot more experience. They're not the ones that necessarily see a picture online and immediately drive up to pick someone up. Um, they want trust building. They want proof of life. And you know, there is something to be said for people. There is something to be said for the ops that are just kind of getting the low hanging fruit, not realizing that there's like perpetrators who are doing this regularly with multiple, multiple, multiple victims, right? Um, I'm not denigrating, you know, quicker ops or anything like that at all. We, you know, we take the work very seriously. There are times, of course, where we need levity. There, you know, certainly are moments of gallows humor that we, you know, we cut out of the show because it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Um, and there's part of it where it's like, if I am serious all of the time, I will just turn, turn curl up into the fetal position and, and that'll be kind of the end of me. Um, so no, we don't, uh, we find the matter very serious. And so in the same way that I don't want to make light of any of it, I also don't celebrate when there's an arrest because 
lives have drastically been changed. And, you know, no one is wholly good and no one is wholly evil. And when I'm in a relationship, quote unquote, with an ACM, I get to see lots of sides of them, not just the part that's abusive, but the part where it makes me realize the potential, what could have been, what could have been had they just not done this? What could have been had they just sought out help? And that's why, you know, there's no, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um, there's none of that. There's 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 none of that, and I can understand the, the I can understand the inclination to be like get them all, and you know, um, let's just you know I can understand the anger that a lot of viewers have, and I can understand even the, the aggression, but everything's there's nuance behind everything, right? And so, um, yeah, there's never it's never it's never. I run through all of the emotions, like all the stages of grief, all the stages of anger, yeah. like all, yeah. all, all of it, all of it. It's a roller coaster. Well, I mean, I was just thinking about like when I do a good interview, I'm on kind of a high, like I'm like, oh, wow. And it, you know, it lasts for a night or something. And I was just like, are you, I mean, this is a huge accomplishment, not only in what you do, but actually finishing a six part docu-series that is out there in the world. Are you able to be proud of this? Are you able to be proud of the work or is it just so dark that it is just, you know, you're just getting through it because I was just like, this is such a huge accomplishment, but I don't know if you would ever take the time to think that. Oh man, I am trying really, really hard to be proud. And I'm trying really, really hard to take moments where I feel like I've done, I've accomplished something that's good, you know, in the context of a team, in the context of all the people that I've helped, for sure. It's also hard because there's just, there are so many layers that I do have a hard time taking a step back and going, you know what, Rue, like, you did good. You did good. Like, take a moment to be proud of the work that you've done. That does get hard. And and sometimes it's hard because it's like, oh, I think I have to testify at this thing. Or, oh, I'm getting all these emails. Or, oh, look at all these mean comments. You know, there's just... Yeah, and then like you talked about at the beginning, you're actually now leaving, opening this up to the world, which sometimes the world is not... I mean, I had somebody tell me to go kill myself on Instagram the other day. I don't even know the person. I mean, like, I can't imagine then, you know, then opening the floodgates to that. But I do think the good far outweighs the bad in your situation. And I'm going to tell you, you did great. You're not even uh-huh. good. You did great. I mean, I hope you do take a moment at some point to be proud of all of this because uh, not a lot of people are doing the important work that you're doing you know thank you it is hard not to um you know negativity bias is real right and so a lot of people can be saying good job and then someone says you know go kill yourself i hate you slash racial slur slash misogynistic thing and you kind of go oh (laughs) i shouldn't be doing this you know yes and that Um, sticks with you way more than the compliment usually yeah 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 and i try to be like oh like I'm so tough, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but I am not tough. I am a baby, and they all definitely make me weep a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you for saying that. I, you know, I, I appreciate it, and it's a good reminder to take a moment and, you know, consider the good that's happening right now because of all of it. Yeah, I think that is, 
really the thing to pay attention to. And I'm really hoping you do a second season. And I just said, I, I could keep going with you for hours and hours because I'm just so fascinated, not only with the topic, but with how you uh, go through this. I mean, I even wonder, can you trust anybody in your personal life after dealing with like how much the human brain like lies and it does all of these compartmentalizations? I just wonder like, man, that just like how much of that in your personal life or are you just desensitized, you know? Uh, I'm going to be like a golden girl at some point, living alone, <laughs> like on a lanai, sipping iced tea, <laughs> but also like with an electric fence. I think that's going to be me, um, age 80 on. A lanai with an electric fence. I like that. I, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you guys, also, uh, would you recommend for, uh, what age could, could families watch this with their kids, would you recommend? Uh, your mileage may vary, right? Uh, it's rated TV 14. I have people who are saying their kids as young as 12 are watching um uh i have a dog like my eldest is a teenager however i'm not having her watch partially because it's her mom in it right um so i think i think it depends i always suggest to parents screen the first episode first you know just screen it what you think um i think it's important my i would love to know that teenagers are watching it i would say like if your kids in seventh grade eighth grade and up yeah uh below that you know parents have different I mean there's there's stuff right there's stuff there's language there's content it's it's rough it's rough so I I always recommend that they just take a little look first and finally what do you recommend for our audience if we wanted to help with any of these things how do we get involved how do we help you or how do we help Sosa oh my gosh that's so wonderful thank you for asking that um so we are always taking uh donations obviously to keep the work going uh, sosatogether.org is our website, S-O-S-A. I'll put that on the description, you guys. Thank you. And so we're also on social. I'm also on social at Rue underscore POW. Please feel free to say hi. Um, we do have some volunteer opportunities as well if you're interested. And we also like nice people. So, uh, You guys, Discovery Plus, the show is called Undercover Underage. Uh, airs new episodes on Tuesday, six episodes entirely. Um, by the time this airs, five will be out. So the sixth one, uh, you'll be uh, getting to see the next week on a Tuesday. But I do strongly encourage watching all of these. Do not binge it. So do one at a time because it really is intense subject matter. But I I, I do highly recommend it. And it's really, uh, it's so, um, it's so I talk to so many housewives and Bravo and things like that. So it's really great to talk to somebody that's actually doing something really uh, amazing in the world. So thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again sometime. Thank you so much. Betches.